This week we're going to look at the Gospel of Mark in the 8th chapter beginning in verse 31. And while you're looking and turning to that particular set of Scripture, have you ever found yourself wondering, what is God doing? Man, I'm thinking, I didn't sign up for this. God, this is not what I thought it meant to be a Christian. What is happening? Why are things not going like they're supposed to? This is not what I signed up for. I mean, you in the early 90s, Garth Brooks recorded the song Unanswered Prayers, which was talking about this idea of what we thought we wanted and when we don't get what we think we want and or deserve. And and we find ourselves questioning, God, why? what is going on? Why do I not understand? Why am I in the dark as to what is happening here? And so, because so often when we start to question, God goes, you just have to trust. We go, but I don't want to be in the dark. And what I've started to realize in my own life is that sometimes when God keeps us in the dark, it's because God knows that if God was to reveal to us what was going to happen, we would turn and go the other way. We would flee out of fear and worry and concern. We would be a lot less obedient and a lot less willing to serve. And with that in mind, let's hear these words from Mark chapter 8. Beginning in verse 31 where it says, Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. This, this is happening right after Jesus is, is interacting with the disciples, and he says, Who do you all say that I am? And Peter says to him, You're the Messiah. And so Peter has just proclaimed, you're the Messiah. And Jesus goes, yeah, but let me explain it to you. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be killed. And then three days later, I'm going to rise again. And he's telling them this, it says, quite openly. And Peter took him aside. Peter pulls Jesus aside and, rebu- and begins to rebuke him. Peter goes, um, Jesus, uh, no. That's not what we signed up for. What are you talking about? Don't say those types of things. That can't be true. I don't want that to be true. No, Jesus, no. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebukes Peter. And he says, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And see, it's this hesitation that that Peter has because he is seeking what he wants it to be in his earthly mind and the way in which he can wrap his mind around things. He says, there's no way that this should be what happens. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Which we take to be this very harsh criticism of Peter, but it's it's almost a callback to Genesis when the serpent looks at Adam and Eve and he says, did God really say that? And, and here, we hear Peter saying, no, that can't be the way it is. Jesus, you can't really mean what you're saying here. And it's that callback of the, the greatest trick that the devil can play on any of us is to have us really start to question, did Jesus say that 
Did Christ say that about you? Did, did, did God really proclaim that? And, and it goes on and says that Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and he said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. You see, what we hear in, in Peter's hesitation is that he doesn't want to lose his life. He doesn't want to lose what he's worked so hard for, this prestige that he's gotten being a follower, quote-unquote, of Jesus, being associated with this guy that has been followed by all of these crowds during his ministry. He doesn't want to lose that. And Jesus says, no. If you truly want to follow me, you must follow me. Not just when things are good. Not just when it is beneficial. You must follow me. You must take up your cross. He is foreshadowing what he is about to do when he takes on his cross. And he carries it. And he is mocked. And he is beaten. And he takes it up the hill. And then he dies for us. And he's saying this is what you are called to do. To, to be willing to take up your cross. To be willing to take up the burden. And the, and the shame. And not even the shame. But the hurt in the times that aren't good, to, to walk with me in those valleys and to trust, to follow me wherever it is that I am calling you to go, to lose your very life, to give up all your wants, your expectations, and your desires in line with me. Give it all up for the gospel, for the good news. He goes on, he says, for that, for what will it profit then if you gain the whole world but forfeit your life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of, of them, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory to his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, so Peter is saying, I don't like this. Jesus, this call to give up my life. I, I, now, I was good when the crowds were following us. I was good when being associated with you brought about prestige and honor. But this idea of taking up my cross, of giving up my life for the other and for the marginalized and for my, my brother, no. And Jesus says, you're missing it. The call is not to take on this name when it's beneficial, but the call to follow me is to do just that. To be a disciple is to follow me. It's a call to trust and obey and believe in me. I, I remember reading a book written by a friend of mine, Lo Alamon, and, and he says, Who can fashion laws in a home they don't have keys to? And, but even as I read that now, for many of us, we find ourselves proclaiming to live in the house of God, proclaiming to be a part of the family of God, and we try to make the rules for a house that we don't even have the keys to. God says, you want to know what it means to be in my house? you got to follow my rules. I mean, many times growing up, I would tell my parents, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and they would say, when you, have your, when you live under your own roof, you can make the rules, but as long as you live under my roof, I make the rules. And this is what we hear from Jesus Christ. Peter, I understand what you want, I understand what you think you need, but 
you, as a follower of me, living in my house, in my family, trust me. Be obedient. Believe in me. What Haven't I shown you enough? And I just think of the beauty of pursuing after Jesus Christ. I think of when I was growing up, and and we, when I was five or six years old, me and my family lived in a with a in a house with a big backyard, and we'd go out and we would chase after fireflies, and the joy that that brought to try to catch a firefly in the middle of the night, and just chasing after them all the time, and and seeking that. And, and I started wondering, and I started thinking about this. What would it look like if that, if following, seeking after the light of God in our lives, seeking after the light of Christ in our lives, brought us that much joy? That we just long to do it. That we could spend hours just seeking, trying to follow. Those who follow are, are the ones that get it. That say, God, I don't know where we're going, but I'm putting my trust in the leader. And for many of us, the reasons that we decide that we will not follow, the reasons that we decide or we give, rather, for not following, is because we get too busy pursuing our own wants and desires. We, we say, God, I know where you're calling me to go. I know, I see where we're going here. Um, that, that doesn't align with what I want, so I'm going to go my own route. Um, I'll meet up with you guys later. I'm going to go handle some stuff over here first. Let me, this is when Jesus is going around calling the disciples, and we're going to talk about that at a later date, but when Jesus is going around calling the disciples, and they say, well, let me go do this, let me go do that, and Jesus is like, no, stop. Follow me. Drop it. Follow me. We, we find ourselves using that line of, I, this isn't what I signed up for. I, I thought what this was going to be gumdrops and arrows. I thought whatever I said I was going to find follow the Savior that I was going to that we were going to have an earthly kingdom and I was going to be sitting at your right hand and I was going to get all the power and prestige. But but now you're calling me to love my enemies and and take up my cross and 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 to be persecuted for love and care and compassion for the other as I, as I seek to bring about your kingdom of mercy and justice. God, this is not what I signed up for. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me to the ends. I think I may have quoted this before, but my my Christian ethics professor in seminary proclaimed that if you're going to follow Jesus, you better look good on wood. And what he was saying when he would say that is that the call to follow Jesus is not a call to follow Jesus when it's beneficial or when it aligns with what you want because then you're not following Jesus. You're just doing your own thing and doing what you want and desire. But to follow Jesus is to follow Jesus all the way up until the death and the resurrection. It is saying, God, I give my very life over to you. It is no longer my own. And for many of us, when we came into this Christian faith, we said, I just want to believe, but I don't really want to follow. I want to proclaim that, that I believe in Jesus and get all the benefits of being a Christian, but I don't want to have to like actually do the work. And we say, and we come into this Christian faith saying, I, I believe in Jesus, that Jesus was a good person, that Jesus was a teacher, that Jesus taught good things, but I don't necessarily always believe Jesus. 
And, and the call that we hear in this text when Jesus is rebuking Peter and is saying, give up your very life, is he's saying, stop just believing in me that I existed, but start to believe me and what I teach and what I say. Start to believe that truth. Start to live that truth. Start to follow my example of loving and leading and Whenever I lay down my life for you, that is what I'm calling you to do because no greater love is this than to lay down your life for a friend. But what he's ultimately saying is don't just follow me around and go where I go, but do as I do. This is why so often we keep, we over and over hear Jesus having to correct the disciples and go, it, uh, y'all are still missing the point. Because just because we, we feel like just because we are in the proximity of Jesus, just because we go to church, just because we show up at different concerts or different events, that therefore we're following Jesus. And there's a difference in being in the proximity of and pursuing after. There's a difference in, in, in showing up at their house every now and then and, and seeking to be like for many of us, we are like Peter. We, we proclaim, Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're the one that, that everybody's been talking about. But when Jesus says, oh, you're right, now do this. Because this is what's going to happen. We go, I don't want that. That's not what I signed up for. I know that I proclaim to believe Jesus, but that seems a little bit iffy. I said it at the beginning and I want to close out with this thought process again. I think sometimes God, sometimes God keeps us in the dark. Because if we could see where He was calling us to go, we would run the other way. What if we were to pursue after the love and grace, pursue after the light of Jesus Christ, follow, seek to follow Him, seek to do what He calls us to do, seek to pursue after the light of Jesus Christ with as much joy, vigor, and passion as a child seeking a firefly. To trust, seeking to trust and obey, not just when things are going good, because if you're just following Jesus when things are going good, you're just seeking to promote and to satisfy self. But to follow and trust and obey is truly the call that even when things aren't going how you think they should be going, to say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm trusting in you. In this season in the, where we so often find ourselves looking up going, what is going on, God? Where are you at in this? Let us take a moment and pause and say, God, you know what? Even now, I trust you. Help me to have the strength and the courage to follow you and to trust in your will and your way over my very own. Amen. Amen.